Welcome to the Dad's Night Podcast, where ridiculous becomes reality. We're your dad hosts. I'm Chris Parrish. And I'm Tommy Reed. Today we're joined by Randy Hamilton, founder of Hamilton Wealth and financial manager to some of the biggest rock stars in history. We'll talk through growing up in Cleveland, making his way to L.A., and how he got into advising the biggest names in the business. We'll also talk through crazy rock stories and what kind of things we should be investing in for the kids. We'll cover Pickleball, Knott's Berry Farm, my upcoming trip to Minnesota, and Don Reed's birthday, also known as Cabana Palooza. This podcast is brought to you by the Believe Network. What's up, Tommy? Oh, man, that music just fires me up. You know, we're going into a holiday weekend. I'm holiday, fired up. Big weekend. Um, stuff we'll get into later. This is my first time ever recording this podcast without my kids nearby. They all they hopped on a plane to Minnesota today. You know, we should just get into the three W's. Let's, you know what? It sounds like you're pretty excited about <laughs> some, some things here. I miss them. Let's get into three dubs. All right. So where are you going, what you doing, and what you excited about? Brought to you by the Postal.io. Hey, dads, what's the easiest way to delight your customers and prospects? Sending one-of-a-kind corporate gifts, of course, with Postal's offline marketing software. Postal helps companies to create meaningful connections at scale while tracking it all in your CRM. Learn more and get a free trial at Postal.io slash dads. All right, Chris. What's you excited about here? Number one, I'm excited about that read, Tommy. That was fantastic. That was my best read. That was the I best mean, you've ever done. Well, uh, you know, a lot going on, Tommy. Uh, we got some upcoming stuff. I want to cover a few things uh, about what I've been doing. And you were there on Saturday night. Our, our good friend of the pod, Dan Weinstein. Friend of the pod. Uh, had a birthday party Saturday at the Country Club. And it was a pickleball tournament, a couple's pickleballs tournament. But it's, but it's not called the Country Club. It's called the club. It's Sorry, we call it the club. Um and uh, it was a good time. You know, they, uh, we had uh, 16 couples, and they set it up a nice way where you play the first round with your spouse. And then to avoid divorces, they start mixing everybody up. Oh. And a lot of people are going to ask me. I came in second place. Wait, wait, hold on. So they start splitting you up. Is this in between the guy constantly being ushered out with pitchers full of margaritas and yeah. beers? Yeah. Because that's all I remember. I was sitting actually down with Randy Hamilton. Oh, that's right. And we're, and we're like, uh, that's right. and we're sitting there. We're like, I'm like, what's going on over here? Yeah. I didn't know that was for the birthday party. Nice mm-hmm. birthday party at the club then. Put on by the lovely Wish Weinstein for her husband, Dan, who just turned 40. It's been about a two month of celebration, but it was a, it was a good time. Pick a ball, no fights, uh, no couples arguing. That's uh, good. It can be tough. My wife didn't get mad at me. And then you, you were there, like you just mentioned. And yep. then we had a little, uh, we had some tacos up at the top of this thing. And then you came up and you were the bell of the ball. Everybody wanted to talk to you. Man, let me tell you, I think I crashed that party. But uh, it was a good time, you know. Uh, we played pickleball earlier in the day, uh, Don and I. And uh, we played uh, Jose and, and Genevieve Perez. And afterwards, we let the kids just play in the pool mm-hmm. and had some beers. And then Randy comes over with his mom, who's a beautiful lady. And we started talking to her, had some more beers. And then next thing you know, we see you guys start yep. arriving in your pickleball outfits yeah. and everything. And as we had tacos up there, you came up. A lot of people want to talk to the pod. Uh, it was did, good. We did a great job. Everybody's sort of angling to be on the pod. You know, you're very. You should be. Very My mother was today, very Randy. excited to meet Tommy. Yep. Uh, yeah. Living in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, anyone tied to the killed Irishman is is a big deal. Nice. So she as they should she be. Great film. Taking a picture with Tommy. <laughs> oh oh god. Sweet woman. Yeah. We're never gonna. <laughs> we're never gonna live this down. So it was a nice night. It's great. And, uh, Who and won the we tournament? Were... What's that? Who won the tournament? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I came in second. Oh. Guy named That's ben. all that matters. Guy named Ben was a great guy. He came in second. Dr. He and his ben? wife, he and his wife Melissa and I, we came in second. So I got a hat. Dr. Ben Iyer. Yeah, yeah. I got a hat. Iyer's. Come on. You got, I know yeah. Dr. Ben. Yeah, yeah but I don't, I don't like to talk about it if I don't come in first. But So you're the first loser. I'm the first I was the <laughs> I was like the best loser. Typical of the night. Michigan there, Randy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, first loser. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to edit that out. And then uh, we transitioned to Monday. It's my daughter's birthday last week, so I took her. How old did she turn? She turned 11. Ooh, she wanted to go digits. to Knott's Berry Farm. Very cool. So, yeah. I, I uh, how, many did, how many girls did you take on that? Five total. Good for you. It was about well. 90 degrees. Ouch. What a dad. And uh, you get down there, and uh, it's crowded. Not too crowded. Uh, definitely expensive. You save some money going, not going to Disney, though, right? We, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that's it, good. That's a win. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you go. You got to get these girls water. It's like five bucks a pop. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. And they got to. You got to hydrate. 
you know, it's Absolutely. a long day. We left at night. We got home at 10. It was a 13-hour day. Oof. Wow. Yeah. But my daughter was happy. Uh, Laney, I love you. It's all about. It's never, she'll never forget this day, and she better never forget that's this right. day. That's right. 11. Come on. I mean, that's just a great, great, great time. You didn't Good lose job, any of them. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And then they, uh, all three of them, uh, Amy, Vetter, and Laney, got on the plane today. They're in Minnesota. Which lake is the big uh, question? They're on Side Lake, Minnesota. Not Minnetonka? So, no. So she grew up in Minnetonka. Oh, cool. But you land in, uh, well, she grew up in Wyzetta, which is sort of near Lake Oh, Minnetonka. yeah, Wyzetta, these, nice area. All these towns. My wife's family's from Minnesota. Oh, yeah, oh, nice. there you go. So uh, they just landed in Minneapolis. We'll drive up three and a half hours to yep. the lake tomorrow, and then I'll... <laughs> Why is it always three and a half? When I went, Snow would be like, we drove three and a half hours north of Minneapolis. That's it. <laughs> so and many then, lakes, like, it was you, like, you still have to yeah. drive it th- yeah. th- three hours? It was like Clamshell Lake. There's like 20 lakes linked together and everything. That's it. And everybody's got a house on it, and yep. uh, so I'm yep. I'm flying in next week. I'm not going to go till Tuesday night, but I'm connecting. So I'm actually flying up to beautiful Hibbing, Minnesota, mm. the iron ore capital of the world, I believe. Bring just your, just pull tabs. That's your, it. No, Bugs I'm going to be pull tabs and drinking blats, drinking hams. Yes. They got Mick ham, Golden Light. You got Mick Golden up there. You got Ham's Special Light up there. You're probably gonna, you might be able to find some old style. Oh, I can absolutely find some old. Will style. You bring some home. Picture. I will. I'm going nice. to need a lot of beer. Uh, kind of get through the week. You know, I'm, I'm a little thirsty. I'm going to crack this hams open right now in honor of Minnesota. Ooh, look at that. Yeah, little hams. I can't wait to report back. I'm going to have my own top ten list from Minnesota. And well, it's going to be good. That You know, God bless Minnesota. It's a, it's a great place to be, I guess, year-round because I went I don't know about that. frigid cold. Mm-hmm. But... Summertime, you're gonna have some good lake time. You have some lake um, time. You know what we're gonna be doing here is celebrating the Fourth of July. Oh, I can't wait! I'll be here for this on Marine Street yep. Beach. Yep. My wife's birthday, the Fourth of July, baby. We're gonna have Cabana Palooza. Oh, I can't wait to okay? get down there. So what we do is that we, I don't know, get about ten to fifteen dads, and we go down around six thirty in the morning, right down to Marine Street, and we plop down our cabanas stake your territory and stake our yeah. territory so that yeah. way when we come down with our wagons our electric wagons of course filled with of course. coolers of beer and whatever kind of you know sports to keep the kids busy for about eight hours on the beach nice um and we go down there around 10 o'clock in the morning and we'll have cabana palooza dawn's yeah. birthday and we'll be down there till about five o'clock at night and then usually i go back to bar five three three, which you're going to come to. Tommy's. I'm going to be in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. okay. So well, that's way worse. We yes, we we, we sure opened is. a bottle of Johnny Blue. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. So bottle well, Johnny kudos Blue. Kudos to the founding fathers for honoring the future Don's birthday. Yes. I Very agree. thoughtful of them. You know, I, I think we got to get into a, a special something's brewing today. Okay. I like so this. Um, I like what I'm seeing here. By yeah, the way. Yeah. So. We have these little cool drinks, and, and Randy, in honor of you, I, I, I went and got some of these. Um, they're called Can C A N N drinks. They've been cannabis. reading my diary, Tommy Reed. Oh, I love cans. Okay, well, let's. Let, I'm gonna open these up here, and uh, ooh, look now at that was a beautiful sound. That is a beautiful sound for a can, and you slide it back so it's a little. I think I think their thing is like trying to replace the Chardonnay Mom. I don't know. They got to come up with something for, for the dad part of it, too, because, I mean, these things are great. They're amazing. So cheers to you. Cheers. Thanks for coming on the pod today. Salute. Yeah. Good cheers. to have you, Randy. Salute. Salute. Thanks for having me. Slanche. You're welcome. Okay. So I'm double fisting. I got a hams on my left and a can on my right. Yeah. Okay. So that's something's brewing here. Uh, sponsored by Can and Hams. I mean... <laughs> We, we got it covered today. We can't lose. We it's, got it's everything It's almost like a 4th of July special pod right now. <laughs> well, look, I'm super, super excited because we have Randy Hamilton, uh, founder of Hamilton Wealth and a financial advisor, money manager to the biggest rock stars in the business. Yep. And uh, I'm just super excited because I feel like we're going to get some good rock star stories and some really good financial advice as dads. I mean, Chris, you and I are both big spenders. We big love spenders. to spend. Love to. Um, our wives are all constantly taming us down. Like, what did you Who buy doesn't? that for? Yeah. We're, we're, I mean, we made like, of money. Yep. We actually, I mean, it sounds really lame, but Chris and I have actually done a couple Costco runs together. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, and not only, Some but of like my record most precious time. moments. Like in and yeah. out. Like, how'd wow. you get through Costco in 10 minutes? Well, line to the left. Got to know where you're going ahead of time. Boom, mm-hmm. in and out. But anyway, um, very excited. Randy. Tell us your background. I know you're from Cleveland, a place that's dear to my heart, and you have some finan—not uh, financial ties, but you have ties to my movie *Kill the Irishman*. And tell me how that is. Uh, I went. Uh, I was born in Panama on an army base. 
my country father, Panama. My father, the country. Yeah, my oh. father was uh, my father is from North Carolina, and my mother's from Panama with uh, Chinese blood in there. And um, we got to Cleveland in a roundabout way. I'll skip that part. But I I went to John Carroll, played football. And, John Carroll uh, in Ohio. In Ohio. It's like a football factory yeah. for uh, management and coaching. The coach from the Chargers coached at John Carroll. Josh McDaniels, who called the plays for Brady for many years in New England, went to John Carroll. New head coach of the Vegas. Uh, yeah, That's lots right. of John Carroll folks. It's this tiny Jesuit school in a Jewish community in Cleveland, Ohio, called University Heights. And um, part of hazing uh, for football was you had to entertain the upperclassmen. So in between the double sessions, you had a two-hour practice in the morning, and then you had a, a break, and then you, you went to lunch before your break and before the afternoon session. And um, this, uh, I was a corner. I was the smallest guy on the field always, whatever level I played Quick, at. Quick, though. Uh, angry, chip on yeah. my shoulder, yeah. which helps in football. <laughs> and this uh, outside linebacker comes up to me and said, uh, hey, you're a Panamanian, huh? And I said, well, half. And he's my girlfriend from high school, uh, was Panamanian. You want to do this uh, entertaining the upperclassmen together? I said, sure. So how about um, we sing You've Lost That Love and Feeling from Top Gun. I'm going to play Tom Cruise, and you're going to play Goose. Ke Kelly McGillis. Oh. So <laughs> he sang. He played Top Gun. I played Kelly McGillis. We entertained the upperclassmen. And uh, that's how I got to know Angelo Ritson, uh, whose uh, father was uh, in your movie. Keith Ritson, Keith Ritson, and he was played by, if, for Jones. those who have seen Kill the Irishman, Vinnie Jones plays Keith Ritson, who was a badass of a, of a man. Also, I think he was a heavyweight boxing champion at one point, Golden Gloves, yes. um, which in Cleveland, you know, that's a big to-do. Um, so that's how he has ties to the movie Kill the Irishman, mm -hmm. very, very small world. He also knows very uh, a couple of mutual friends, uh, Dominic Powell of the Powell family. He's friends with, uh, is it Lisa? Uh, Denise Powell. De Denise, it's Denise. crazy that uh, Tommy, I meet someone in Manhattan Beach that is familiar with my small town of Wycliffe, Ohio. Wycliffe, it's, that's right. You know, it, it, Wycliffe is a, it, it's on the east side of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. uh, very blue collar, yes. middle class town, um, but great people. <clears throat> Just really good Good family people there, um, and and I just have a, a you know a magnet for those types of people. So again, we cross paths that way, living in Manhattan Beach, and now all of a sudden, I think I then met you again at uh, Randy Wilson's house, the Brisket mm. King. You came friend over of the to pod. a party, yeah, yes. friend of the pod, um, a lover which, of rock and roll. Yep, oh, absolutely. Myself. Yes, uh, Love which Randy. which we can get some more clients from him because he's friends with a lot of rock stars. Yes, too. he is. So that's a perfect segue to now. How did you leave? Cleveland to get into Los Angeles. It's a crazy, crazy story. So uh, my senior year at John Carroll, I was an intern at Merrill Lynch downtown on East 9th and um, just uh, slaving away for senior brokers, cold calling cowboy, you know, grab a phone book <laughs> and make 500 calls a day and invite, invite, uh, you know, Mrs. Jones to our investment seminar. And um, they hired me on um, and I most new advisors, their families connected to money. That's how they get their start. I didn't have that advantage. I just outworked everybody else. They hired me. I got licensed in August of 92. So I'm, I'm in my 30th year. But there was a fitness club I would work out downtown after my 12-hour days. And I had a buddy who was running this fitness club, Dave Clark. Great guy. And uh, after work, work, every time I'd go to the gym, he'd say, man, we got to get the fuck out of Cleveland. How are we going to get out of here? He hated it too. So one day, like uh, my, I'm in my third year at Merrill Lynch, and I'm, I go to work out, and he's like, you're never going to fucking believe this. My cousin just replaced Izzy Stratlin in Guns N' Roses. My cousin is Gilby Clark. Wow. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. He's like, Gilby says, come on out. I've got work for you. I need you. And uh, that was 94. He moved in 94, and I followed him in 95. That's how I got to L.A. I, I, I lived on his couch in Sherman Oaks. Um, They're the biggest band in the world at the time. Yes, and I met them, and uh, Gilby was kind, trying to get me into meetings with business managers. Didn't go anywhere. Most of the business managers were looking for CPAs, not money managers, not, right. not financial advisors. I got nowhere. But nonetheless, I, I, it got me to L.A. I was living on a couch uh, literally four doors down from Ventura uh, Boulevard. 
uh, a few blocks down from uh, Casa Vega, and I couldn't believe I, I moved from you know Wycliffe, Ohio, to you know having dinner at Casa Vega with you know Guns N' Roses in the corner, and it was just like mind blowing. And um, Casa Vega is a great place. Yeah, it's like fantastic, it. and that bar area is super dark, and oh, yeah. I think that's why the rock stars loved it, and I certainly loved it. Uh, it was it was a blast, but um, uh, I grinded it out, got nowhere for for many years trying to break into music. I was managing money for civilians, normal folks, and um, I crossed paths with uh, serendipitously uh, a friend introduced me to a business manager who changed my life in two thousand one. Um, so six years after moving to L A. Uh, his name was David Weiss. Um, he is a monster today in the business management world. He's got some small clients you may have heard of, like Coldplay. And, oh, and Coldplay. Hold on, let me look this and, up. And, and The Weeknd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got big clients. So um, we became mountain biking buddies. A year later, he sat me down. He says, I want you to go to, I was working with uh, Bank of America Investments in Beverly Hills at the time. He goes, uh, I want you to meet Sal Hudson. Don't wear a suit. I go, all right, who the fuck is Sal Hudson? So I get there, I don't wear a suit, because rock stars don't want to see suits. Mm -hmm. And it's Slash from Guns oh N' Roses. Gosh. And I, I couldn't believe it. It's Slash and Perla. And um, I've got what, you know, what they call an imposter moment. I can't believe I'm in this fucking room right, with exactly. Slash yeah. and his wife Perla. Um, so I signed him. It was uh, my first rock star. Oh, um, my gosh. And um, that was 2001, 2002, and I wow. was on my way. Unfortunately, I don't work with uh, Slash anymore. The thing about music and rock and roll, they switch up teams, business managers, financial advisors, quite often. It's very volatile yeah. uh, business. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it, 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 I was on my way at that point. And it was, um, you know, then I signed, shortly thereafter, I signed Jack and Meg White of the White Stripes. Mm -hmm. From Detroit? From Detroit, yep. Um, it's, I think, uh, 2001 or 2002. The business manager said, we're going to go see them in uh, Phoenix, um, I went and met Jack and Meg on a bus, on their tour bus in Phoenix. And um, after about an hour, he's like, he told the business manager, I want you to move a bunch of money to, uh, to Randy. And um, wow. that was 20 years ago. So, um, you know, a lot of hard work and luck at the end of the day. You know, I always say the, the harder you work, the luckier, the luckier you get. For sure. And um, it's certainly happened for me that's well yeah for sure. i mean i mean like once you're in a conversation and you're like yeah i just did this investment well who's your who's your business who's your manager who's your financial guy They're like well I, this guy i'd love to meet him and you're like you want to help out your friend exactly especially if you're doing well so i'm sure that you have a lot of referrals that coming from all the, your other rock stars and everything can you just yeah. go down mm -hmm. some of your I mean, like this is really impressive it's almost like a catalog that it was like a dream catalog to have and and, and be yeah. a part of shortly after working with slash because that was velvet revolver days yep i signed scott weiland and that was like um mind-blowing for me as well because i was such a huge stone temple pilots fan sure. in fact you know um in, in the i moved in 95 in the early mid 90s rock and roll was already being taken over by boy bands like in sync right. and backstreet boys and that shit drove me fucking crazy and um when grunge took off um, it was more dour and dark, and that yep. was more my mood. Um, the grunge bands like Alice in Chains and, and, um, and then Smashing Pumpkins in that same era, Stone Temple Pilots. But I meet Scott Weiland, sadly the late, great Scott Weiland. Um, I show up to his house, and um, he is really excited. He just got a, a box delivered to his house, and I'm in his kitchen with uh, him and his wife, Mary, in uh, in Sherman Oaks, and he opens this box. And I go, what, what what's in the box, Scott? And it's these custom made roller skates. And I'm like, roller skates, huh? He's like, yeah. I'm throwing a 40th birthday party uh, at a roller rink, and the theme is 70s roller disco. And he's like, you're coming. I was like, why? I mean, again, another imposter moment. I can't believe I'm sitting in Scott Weiland's kitchen and. He puts on these roller skates, and he starts doing roller disco in his kitchen. Oh and me and Mary, his wife, are just cracking up. Yeah. And he's doing all these moves, and just so funny. And then a, a few nights later was the party, and went to the uh, 70s disco uh, party, and uh, it was great. But, uh, you know, I, I work with Jane's Addiction and Tool, Shine Down, 
Shins, Jack White, Vampire Weekend, um, I mean, Alpha Chains. When you're at Scott Weiland's house and he's opened up a box with custom roller skates, as his financial advisor, are you asking him how much did those cost? No, I mean, <laughs> no, I, I didn't feel I was in a position to ask about uh, roller skates or, uh, you know, most of the time, the business manager is like the financial quarterback. Yeah. He's helping him buy a house, cars. Uh, helping the bands on the tours with jets, buses, hotels. They do a lot. They wear a lot of hats. Yeah. And then they farm out the wealth management part to me. So by the time the artist, uh, by the time the business manager is referring them to me, they're out of debt. They have their house. And I, I'm, it's sort of compartmentalized. You just manage their stock and bond portfolio. Right, right. You don't tell them to stop spending 100 grand a month or 200 grand a month. Right. And they shouldn't be um, you know, leasing uh, homes in Bel Air for 100000 a month. <laughs> I did, that wasn't my place. I was basically, you know, they would come to You're me and say, You're hoping that's okay, taken care of by the time it gets yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. What, you know, so they're asking, like, okay, how do I grow this money before I piss it away and I got to go on what's called a 401k tour 30 years from today? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm very, very fortunate, very lucky. I love what I do. Um, and, um, I, you know, again, uh, hard work and luck. Right. Well, that's awesome. I mean, those are some... Really crazy big names right there. Um, do they ever ask you any kind of like testing questions, Randy, that you like that you use books in your past or you, you quote something? Yeah, I mean, every now and then an artist will ask about a certain company and you either got to say, you know, yeah, you know it or, or no, you don't. You either know about, you know, Apple or you don't know about the company they may be inquiring. Some artists do, some artists don't. You'd be surprised. You know, uh, someone like Jack White's very involved um, with his portfolio, and someone like Mick Mars of Motley Crue is like, you know, Randy, go do your thing. Um, you know, and, and signing signing uh, Mick a few years ago, I was just, you know, at his house in Nashville uh, a couple months back in his basement, and his basement is nothing but Marshall amps lined up on Hell all yeah. the walls. It's super Mick cool. Mick and Mars, man. And my my business partners from Cleveland, we grew up together, and. You know, even though I've been doing this for 30 years, working with rock stars for 20, it doesn't get old. I mean, we're walking up Mick Mars's driveway and we're looking at each other and we're like, we're about to go into Mick Mars's basement and listen to some of his solo work, which was amazing, by the way. But um, when I signed, most of the time they don't ask you financial questions, but it's a vibe. And I try to learn as much about the artists as I can before I come in prepared. I know more about the artist than the business manager, than the lawyer, the agents in the room. And most of the time, um, I make it a point to have seen them live uh, at least a few times before. If there's any chance I could get in a room with the artists, I'm going to go see them, right. even if they're not a client. I obviously seen Motley Crue several times. They were you know, huge in the 80s growing up. I loved uh, Motley Crue. But when I met with Mick, and again, it has more to do with vibe than sure. knowledge. They assume that you're in the room with their accountant, manager, lawyer, agent, CPA, Jesus. that you're competent. You know what the fuck you're doing. Uh, so it comes down to to vibe. And with Mick, I said, uh, you know, Mick, thanks to you, I knew what the inside of a strip bar looked like when I was 14. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, how's that? I go, well, girls, girls, girls video. Yeah. I said, but you kind of fucking ruined it for me because I grew up in Cleveland. <laughs> and the first strip bar I went in, walked into did not look no, like no, the no. girls, girls, girls video by any means. And he just cracked up, loved it. And... Um, yeah, it, it, it never gets old. Um, you know, I, I still, to this day, my happy place is on the beach with my family or yeah. um, enjoying uh, rock and roll yeah. with uh, an adult beverage and cannabis and my wife, my partner in crime, and, and friends. That's, that's what it's great all about couple. to me. Yeah. Great, great couple. Um, how do you invest for the, I mean, obviously they're dealing with multi-millions of dollars, but like, if you were to give a dad buddy <clears throat> the same advice you give Jack White, how do you start off investing their money? Yeah, so we do things a little different at Hamilton Wealth. We do not subscribe to you got to have money in small caps and you got to have a certain percentage in mid caps and you got to have a certain percentage in international stuff. I think that's all bullshit. Um, it, we do it quite differently. We, we invest around themes like what trends, what mega trends are going to happen we can participate in these trends regardless of what's happening in the economy, what lunatic may be inhabiting the White House, whatever right. is going on. What are, the, what are some global trends? And we've identified what we believe are some trends like global aging, you know, baby boomers, 80 million Americans that were born between 
the mid-40s after World War II, up until the Vietnam War. There's 70 million of them left. And regardless of what happens to the economy, they need their hips replaced, their knees replaced. Hmm. Heart disease is still the number one killer. It takes out 600,000 folks. Probably take out me sometime in my 60s, like most money managers. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, so we find these themes. What companies are going to help our parents and grandparents age more gracefully? Mm. Digital revolution is a theme. Every industry is getting disrupted. So we want to own the disruptors. We own Apple, Amazon, Google, Microsoft. Um, global growth. Uh, you know, most of the growth, uh, global growth will happen overseas over the next 20 years. China, India, Indonesia, Vietnam. We want to uh, make sure you own companies that are participating in those parts of the world, like Starbucks and, and Nike, who've been yeah. very aggressive. Wow. And then uh, the la last thing we call cash flow. Where can we get money coming into the portfolio, not having to wait for the market to go up? And so we look for you know, companies that pay high dividends, like sure. AT&T and Verizon. We don't do what I call mousetraps. Um, we don't do a lot of the hedge funds, private equity stuff. Um, you know, that are high fees, we're, you know, we're big, we, we are disciples of Warren Buffett and John Bogle of Vanguard. Control what you can control, your spending, your behavior, risk, the amount of risk you take, fees, how much, you know, how much you're paying your advisor and how much the, you're paying for the, the actual investments in the portfolio. These are things we can control. We can't control the market. So how do we control, uh, how do we get our arms around the, those things that we can control? Look, every advisor has their own philosophy or strategy. Sure. This is what's happened to work for us. It's right. worked out really well. It differentiates us from, from most shops. We are uh, big believers in uh, like one of the trends that's happening in the industry because of Warren Buffett and, and Vanguard, fees are coming down. But the big wirehouses are fighting that. You know, the, you know Merrill Lynch's UBS uh, of the world. I, you know, I got my, my start at Merrill Lynch. Um, but if you got your money managed by a by a publicly traded company that needs to report earnings every quarter, what incentive do they have to cut your fees? Right. They don't have an incentive. So they're fighting that trend. You can edit all that out, I'm sure. Bore, no, bore, bore the fuck out of you. No, no, those are all good tips. <laughs> this, is, this is what dads want to know, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean how like, much of, of, you know, you meet Mick Mars, how much, I mean, is he involved or like? Some, some clients are involved. Uh, Jack White's uh, very involved. He wants uh, to hear what you just said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jack wants to know what's the strategy, yeah. what's the game plan, and right. look at these five companies. Tell me what you think. That's okay. That's what so I was saying. Like, yeah. So, so would, would he be also on, like, hey, um, I see Russia moving into Ukraine. We should drop in some Northrop Grumman, some Raytheon, some Boeing. I think we should invest in some of the military defense stocks, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, th those stocks have hung in well. They're down for the year as well. Nowhere near as bad as the market. The problem is, you know, if, if anything happens regarding a, a treaty or something, those stocks are going to tank. Oh. So I would wait for the treaty and peace. Those stocks will tank. Then you buy. Oh. You know? So have you ever, have you been in a situation where like <clears throat> so one of your clients comes to you and says, hey, I really want to do this. And then you say like, man, I just based on my instinct, that's not a good move. Right. That, that, that's a penny stock. Right. Yeah, but well, I just want you to do it. And then yep. you do it. And then it fails. And then it's like. Yeah, we, I, I don't say hands. I told you so to yeah. Mick Mars uh, or any other rock star. Um, you know, we, when they're going to speculate on something, a penny stock or something, and it does happen, uh, we say, look, I tell them, uh, only invest what you can afford to lose. Um, and, you know, so go small. Um, that's the same advice I give with clients regarding any kind of small speculative stock, crypto, mm -hmm. private company. Yeah. These are speculative investments. It's not like buying Apple or Google. Um, you know, go small and, and um, you know, whatever number you have in your head, cut it in half. You know, right. if you're thinking about investing 100000 in that restaurant of your buddies, put fifty grand in, you know, yeah. just go, go small. Restaurant investments. I'm sure the rock stars are always investigative restaurant investments. <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of restaurants, where do you like to go take your clients? If you were to pick some L.A., and L.A.'s got some of the, look, you go to Casa Vega. Yeah. That's a dive. But if you want to go to another like steakhouse dive or like, where do you like to go? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to rack my brain. I typically uh, meet the clients on the road, so I don't meet them. I, I meet them at the business manager's office, or my office, or um, on the road. So uh, you know, backstage before a show, uh, sometimes after the show. 
Some artists uh, don't like to see anybody before the show. Some artists are okay with it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm typically not breaking bread uh, with the rock stars. Uh, That's funny. Like I, them on the road. I was a musician. I still am technically. Yes, I, I can't know. imagine. Uh, I was never in the position to meet my financial advisor before a show. <laughs> I didn't have one. Right, I had right. No finances. Yeah. Well, things have changed. You know, the artists now know that they can't count on the record label to sell them millions of records. Mm-hmm. So that those days are gone, and so uh, it's it's become more, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, corporate. They understand that, you know, they're going to perform. They've got a finite career to perform. Uh, again, um, uh, unless they want to do these, you know, what we call four hundred one k tours. That we, you know, there are bands out there that are doing tours that don't want to tour, but they they're doing it because they didn't save enough money. They pissed away, you know, their savings and investments accounts. Um, I, you know, most a lot of my artists, like Motley Crue, they don't need to tour. They just sold their catalog for one hundred fifty million dollars. Right. Um, Allison Chains just sold their catalog for fifty or sixty million dollars. These Man. are these are artists that are uh, on the road uh, because they want to be. Right. It's, it's something they enjoy. So how did they make? So you're saying that record labels, you really can't count on giving them the advances and, and the dollars behind the sales of the albums. Is it the number one way the rock star makes money is going on tour? Absolutely. Yeah. Streaming is, is, is catching on to eventually it will catch on to record sales and, and overtake it. It may have all already industry wise, but not all artists are making a lot of money streaming. Obviously. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, obviously representing artists, I don't think uh, Google's YouTube pays artists enough for streams. I don't for think sure. Spotify pays artists for streams, as, as Chris, you you know, or you're well aware. Oh, I'm well aware. Yeah. So, so can the artists make their own website and have streaming from there? Like, well, can you subscribe, artists, like a lot a- of the artists are are signing with a Live Nation, who will say, "Look, we're going to help you do everything. We're going to market you. We're going to get you on TikTok, uh, but um, we're going to take a cut of everything: merch, sure. touring." Um, you know, where typically labels, you know, took a smaller cut. Uh, Live Nation's taken a little cut of everything for the uh, from the artists, but they're going to tell them we're going to get you, uh, you know, as many streams as possible. We're going to get you endorsement deals. We're going to get you into a video game, um, movies. Yeah. Because so. because the r- Guitar Hero is that is that a big video game for? Yeah, a lot of them? I mean, yeah, I mean, they have to get their uh, music um, right. Yeah, Jack White's uh, song "Taking Me Back" was featured when Call of Duty just came right. out. Yeah, Jack White can definitely play a bar five three three. I'm just he saying. Is, well, let's maybe put it Dad's out there. Night. Let's put it out there. Let's put it out let's there. Let's invite him. Let's put it on the vision bring board. Some, bring a Motown spin. Put a little vision board out there Detroit's, for 2023. I love it. I'm writing like it down it. right now. Just played a surprise uh, gig at Glastonbury for like a hundred thousand people. Uh, a few days ago, go to YouTube and check that out. It's, it's extraordinary. I've watched it. Extraordinary. Is that in Scotland? It's in England. 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 I've it's watched almost all those performances. It's, in, it's, it's in, I mean, like every year that's unbelievable. It's like a big farm, and it's it's oh, it's like awesome. the original big festival. And, and, he did, all the other and you just did it for are, free, just to? No, no, oh. of course not. No, oh. no, no. Damn. No. Um, well, that's healthy, crazy. healthy payday for him. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But but, what if he just loves like swag? We could sell him on bar five three three that way. He'd come over for dance night. In your queso. He like, what if Jack White just loves smoked queso? He just <laughs> I mean, hasn't had and you're from Detroit. He's, and I'm from Detroit. You know, I saw him. Uh, we were making Kill the Irishman in 2011 in Detroit at the Cadillac Hotel. We'd have the whole cast of go down, you know, and have cocktails after they were done filming. And then over there, he sat by himself, and no one ever even approached him. Mm. It was oh, so man. weird. I went over there, and I'm like, we got to invite Jack White over to the crew. And I was like. Dude, just just leave him alone. Like yeah. he just wants to be. I'm like, all right. I'm like, I just thought it was crazy. So, how would you give Chris and I some investment advice? If well, we were to like, I, I, I mean, brought you, I brought you each Ooh. some swag. Oh, and I a love book. gifts. Uh, book that looks like reading. We yeah. love gifts. You can listen to the book. It's called mm. "The Psychology of Money." I've uh, sent it out. My problem is whenever I'm listening to something, it's this podcast. That's yeah, all right. Of course. Of course. you got to listen to your okay, voice. Okay, so we have The Psychology of Money here. By Morgan Housel. He used to write for The Motley Fool. Incredible writer, blogger. Came out with this book. Thank you for this, It is extraordinary. If you don't have time to read it, it's like a four-hour listen on Audible. Huh. And everything like... I just read Really? That. So this is the book that can Thank change you. our lives for dads? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it could change your life. I mean, because like, I, look, we dabble in the market, but I mean, I'd love to get better at. I, we will help you. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. 
save more money. Uh, you guys, uh, you know, that one of the themes in the book, you know, probably don't want to hear it. My business partner is a certified financial planner, so he does all the long-term planning. Okay. And he's, he, he'll tell a married couple today, um, look, you've got one-third a chance one of you is going to live to 90, 95. So how much money do you have saved? Remember when COVID hit and we no longer were earning income. Now right. imagine that for 30 years. Hopefully that puts some fear in you to, to start saving more. Um, it just Jesus. Did. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, you, you need to save more. Um, ideally, you know, at least 10% of gross household income. Ideally, though, 15, 20% of household gross income per year? Should, be, should be saved. Yeah. So you got to put that in like what? You Roth IRAs? Or? Just suck it away into the market. We like low cost index funds and. Um, you know, low cost ex- um, index funds and individual stocks. Can you ever go wrong with what I call like the big four? You're going to say Amazon, you're going to say Apple, you're going to say Microsoft, you're going to say Google. Can you ever go wrong with like if we were to just say, <clears throat> okay, when in doubt, put your money in those four? We happen to love those four. Yeah, uh, when the market was crashing in 08, about three weeks after Lehman Brothers went under in September, in October, we started buying Apple and um, uh, we still own those shares. I call. And you're probably up 232 percent or something uh, crazy. We're up 4,000 percent, which mean, means yeah. 100 grand. I mean, I live in a house in Manhattan Beach partly because my wife, who's a freaking genius, invested in Apple like yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah, I, my house is the house that Apple built for yeah. sure. 4,000 percent since the 08 crash. Google's up 12 or 1,500 percent since the 08 crash. Um, yeah, I mean, look, those companies are great, but you're still going to have to stomach some volatility. Amazon's down 40% yeah. in the last year. Right. Isn't it a good time to get in there? Because a bigger part of the business is the AWS we cloud? Think so. We think so. By the way, uh, boys and girls, do not take anything I say as financial advice. Go go, it's too sit late. down and consult with your overpriced financial advisor. Parlay Parish and Tommy the Teaser <laughs> over here. Yeah. That's we, what that's for. This yeah. is great advice we're getting, yeah, Randy. You can't even... Parlay Parish and Tommy the Teaser. We, uh, that's the law. Parlay Parish is a home run track record. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. Football's coming up. Past too, performance right? is no indication of future performance. Yeah. Both but, my past and future are But terrible. I love those four. I don't think you can go wrong with that. Okay. You nailed it. We got to save. But kids, what should we be doing if we don't have a 529 plan? Or, like, I know I got one, just one, because I'm like... if. It'd be very highly likely, I think, if both my kids do go to college and one doesn't have some kind of scholarship or something like that. But we figured that we could always transfer it to the younger one if the first one doesn't use it or whatever it is or doesn't want to go or whatever. But do you have to have a 529? Is it no, smart? No, you, you don't have to have a 529, but they're so uh, inexpensive to start. And there's, there's huge uh, tax advantage. The money doesn't grow. The, the money grows without being taxed every year. Right, which is a huge yeah, advantage. But then, is it taxed that, when you take it out? It is not. Really? As long as it comes out for higher education, and and computers and Wi-Fi and any books, yep. anything like that uh, connected to um, education is included. And and even if your kid doesn't go to a traditional four-year university, vocational schools are covered. Mm. Art school, music yep. school. It's just nice that our clients that bought into the five two nines ten fifteen years ago. You know, the kids are going to college, and they're not writing checks. Right. They're calling us and saying, "That's great." you know, send Vanderbilt $60,000 this year or whatever it is. There Um, it is. So 529, you can get started with very little. You can do automatic, get it on autopilot, $100 a month, you know, $200 a month, whatever, something to take. uh, And what's the max write-off every year? There is no write-off. You can gift gift, each child uh, $16,000. A year. A year. So you and Dawn can contribute 32,000 yeah, right. sure. uh, to each child for education. Sadly, you know, SC, I think, is sixty to 70,000 a year, which is insane. Ohio you State's s- up to 45,000 out of state. Dollars? That's crazy. Yeah, 45,000. When I was at Ohio State. What do you even get at the end of that? Thank you, Chris. Ouch. Yeah, you're welcome. Ouch. You get, get, get some championships, and you get the best friends of life. You get <laughs> That's true. eggs and kegs hey. in the morning. Well, I didn't go there, and I got a good friend. Um, okay. So 529s, do it if you don't have one. Yeah. Start there. Okay, what about ourselves? Like, I remember, okay, I know my wife was very upset, and she's like, you're, I shouldn't say that. She wasn't upset. She's like, you can't hold debt. Debt is the worst thing anyone could ever have. Yep. So she immediately transferred my brain into thinking that, like, I have to knock off my debt as mm. soon as I possibly can. And did that before I even was married to her. Because she was like, I'm not going to marry anyone with debt. Mm. So I had to wipe out a lot of debt in a very short amount of time to get my financial self into understanding 
how to make myself a successful businessman later on in life instead of just constantly spending on whatever I wanted to. Yeah, we're not big fans of debt, so I would side uh, more on the side with Don. However, you know, my mortgage is at 3.75. So if you got a mortgage at 3.75 and you can make 7 to 8% of the market consistently after taxes and fees, you keep your money in the market. Okay. Um, uh, so if you're, you know, if your money's growing faster than your debt, you want to you want to keep those investments that's, going. You know, we've gone back and forth on that. My wife is very much like Dawn, where we're not having debt. Mm. Um, that was mostly directed at me. I was a musician yeah. in my twenties. I'm a producer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're both in entertainment. Yeah. Musician producer. You guys Everything's going to work you know, out at the, some point. Exactly. Sometimes Art it doesn't work out. That's why we're the best partners. That's right. <laughs> Art and commerce. Very tough gigs, you guys. Very yeah. tough. I have so yeah. much respect for those that are trying and, uh, to do you know, art and commerce. So, you know, we've refinanced a couple times, and then I'm great. If you're paying like 275, and then you say, yeah. okay, well, almost anything I can put my money in right now is going to make more than 275. But we all grew up, you know, in the, in the old days is the wrong word, like the Midwest, where it's like you get a 30 year mortgage, and then one day you die. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's just what you do. Uh, very true. It's, it's, a, it's, it's very different out here where we bought our house seven years ago in September. We've been able to refinance a couple times because the asset's going up. Right. And typically, I say like, okay, like Manhattan Beach, for example. If we've got a real estate crash, then guess what? The world's over. Oh, completely. There's a finite amount of space out here, but it's tough to wrap your head around that. Like, I pay the same, even though we refinanced. I pay the same payment I was already paying, just because like I'm paying down. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't feel like the smart thing to be doing right now. Everything moves in cycles. We're gonna have another housing you know, downturn at some point. But if, right. if the housing downturn nationally is down 20%, Manhattan Beach will be down 10. Right. We can all stomach that if you're not right. over leveraged. And especially if you're not trying to sell, we're just exactly hanging out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think Warren Buffett's partner, Charlie Munger, said, you know, smart people lose money uh, by liquor and leverage. And, um, <laughs> and we're big believers in, you know, no leverage, minimize debt. Right. So... Um, I'm on the side of your wives. Sorry, guys. No, love they're, they're classy it. ladies. They're, yeah. they're the reasons why we live in Manhattan Beach. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand they're the percent. They're, I mean, they're, they're hardworking women that make us better men and trying to yeah. make smarter smarter investment decisions. It's great. Um, what do you like to do for your daddy time? Uh, tell, tell us about your family. Tell us how, yeah. many, how many kids you have. Yeah, I, my, uh, my son, Jude, is seven. Um, and my uh, second son, Bowie, is uh, he'll be Rockstar uh, name. five on 7-11, July 11th. And like 7-11, he is always open. Uh, <laughs> Jude is seven, very sweet, typical firstborn, uh, does everything you ask him to. Lovely, great personality, gets along with adults really well. And, uh, and Bowie is our savage who will gladly rip your heart out, <laughs> chew it up, and spit it out in front of you. <laughs> But, you know, How you never you know what him? you're going to get. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, you know, I, I, when I met Kelly, I said, I, you know, I'm not into getting married and I don't want to have kids. And, um, and she said, well, see you later. Yep. And I go, well, well, rightfully let me, so. Let me rethink that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me rethink that. Because um, I was um, madly in love with her. So I said, look, let's negotiate. We'll have one. We, and we had Jude. And, um, you know, number two was in negotiation. And oops. Um, but, uh, you, know, you know, I never, like I said, I never thought I'd, I'd be a dad. I didn't have a dad early on. So um, I was probably terrified of fatherhood. Oh, for to sure. Be, to be honest. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I, uh, I always figured I'd have kids at some point. I was with Amy for five years. I remember it was February. I remember the month. And she said to me, hey, listen, we've been together five years. I want to start having kids. If you don't, then we should break up and stop wasting each other's time. Mm -hmm. I slept in my car that night. I freaked out so hard. And I came back. I talked to some guy at work who just was like, you're never ready for kids. All you can do is find a partner that makes you feel like we can do this together. That's the best you can possibly do. Mm -hmm. You can't read any book. And I came back the next day, and I was like, I'm a loser. My God, I'm so sorry, and all this stuff. And, and then and now we're recording a podcast. My daughter's out of town. I got a little bunny rabbit sitting here with me because I miss her so much. Like, <laughs> it's crazy how that goes. That's right? lovely. You know, there's, no, there's no way to prepare yourself for that. I mean, the... I, I my friend is having a uh, I saw her today for lunch Harmeet and she's having a, a child next month and I said the best 10 million moments of your life have not even happened yet so true right it's just yes you, you can't even wrap your head around it you yeah know? well I mean I'm down on the beach and every time you are one of those dads that cannot sit still <laughs> and you're always <laughs> doing something with your kids and frankly my kids and five other couples kids because 
you're like this kid magnet that you're playing wiffle ball. You're throwing footballs with them. You're you're playing the frisbee. You're shooting. You're kicking the soccer ball with them on the beach. You're an uber dad, and we all see that. And we oh, all thanks. and we all notice that. So yes, of course, there's no book ever written, but what like if if Kelly's out of town, what do you like to do with your two boys? Play. I mean, sports, um, the zoo, the aquarium. Just do a bunch of stuff, and. Um, uh, I, I probably can't answer that without talking about my childhood. Um, yeah. You know, I was born on our army base and um, my father got restationed to Fort Dix, New Jersey. We moved to New Jersey. He gets restationed um, to uh, Korea, South Korea. And uh, the, the marriage starts splintering. We moved to South Korea. So my, my mom and my, my father can work on the marriage. It was very tumultuous, not fun. And, uh, they never, um, we left Korea, never saw him again. And then my mother said, by the way, that wasn't your father. That was your stepdad. Jesus. So my first, uh, f first father figure was actually my stepdad. I, wow. my first, my biological father, I call him my sperm donor because that's all he was yep. <laughs> essentially was a sperm donor. So my, my early years were quite tumultuous and we moved all over the place. Um, and we, my mom had one friend in Cleveland, who, same thing, married an American GI. She was Panamanian, like my mother. Had two kids. They took us into their apartment. Into their apartment. We Eight of us lived in their apartment for a few months. My mom had tons of odd jobs. And um, I was second grade, so seven. And um, uh, tons of odd jobs. Housekeeper at Days Inn. Um, crossing guard. Uh, you know, ultimately, ended up working at Macy's for 25 years and, and mentor. But... Um, you know, it was very tumultuous, and I just didn't want my kids to ever experience that. So, so when you we when you see me and you think I'm being super dad, I'm overcompensating, according to my therapist, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm overcompensating probably for for base of um, on what I experienced early on. But hey, it all worked out, absolutely. You know, sure. and my kids are benefiting from that, and um, I just love playing. We 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 have serious jobs. I've got a serious gig. People are really stressed out about money. And um, so when I'm with my kids, I want to play, whether it's splashing around in the pool, running around on the beach, on a bike, skateboard. Um, I just, you know, what, what do our older friends tell us with, about their kids? It goes fast. It does. And Super I, fast. I it constantly, it's a mantra in my head when I'm, you know, uh, complaining about, you know, them not eating or beating the shit out of each other. I just remember it goes fast. Yeah. They, what do they say? That, uh, the days are long and the years are short. Yeah, right? years fly by, but the days are long. I mean, I, so again, true. being at Knott's Berry Farm on <laughs> on Monday, and I'm it's a long day, and it's hot, and all this stuff. But my daughter's having the time of her life, and 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 that's all that mattered. Like it didn't matter. I want to leave 15 minutes ago, or like my feet are tired, or whatever. What's going to matter is that time my dad took me to Knott's with my friends, yeah. and we had a great time, and we got to go on all these rides and all that stuff, and and uh, you know when we're all sitting on our deathbed, hopefully not for like a super long time, those are the things we're going to remember and not like, oh, I should have worked more. Exactly. I a absolutely. And, and my, I got lucky. My mom remarried a wonderful man from Euclid, Ohio, near near uh, Wycliffe uh, when I was 12, introduced me to uh, football and, um, and, and the Beatles. And so I was yeah. obsessed with the Beatles and rock and roll. My son yeah. is named Jude. Um, uh, you know, um, Hey Jude was written for Julian Lennon, uh, Paul, by, McCart by Paul McCartney. Yeah, right, by Paul he, McCartney. Uh, what happened with John Lennon after he met Yoko Ono, he kicked Julian Lennon and his mom to the curb, kind of deserted them, and Paul McCartney wrote the song Hey Jules. He ended up calling it Hey Jude, but it's about Julian Lennon who was uh, wow, deserted. I never knew that. And, and I, obviously I experienced that, so I named my, my son Jude. But where was I going with this tangent? Sorry, that was guys. great. Um, <laughs> have you taken the kids to any shows? Uh, it, it's so funny. I'm, I'm torn about that. I have not yet. Um, so close to taking uh, Jack White played the YouTube Theater uh, a month or so ago. Oh, that's um, a great venue, by the oh, way. Oh, amazing venue. Uh, incredible. I've seen um, Eddie Vedder there and now Jack White. Greatest singer of all time. Sound is incredible. Yeah. So fantastic. Um, and Jack played a second night, and I, I thought about taking Jude, but it was nine o'clock, middle of the week. It's tough. It's you know super loud. I'm He's taking, not going to wear his earphones. But I'm taking the kids to uh, Ohana Fest in September. 
You are. Yeah. And cool. that's an easy one because it's it, there's tons of kids there. It's right by the water. It doesn't go super late. Uh, you're not beach in life. It. You should take them to beach life. That'd be a great one. Yeah, I think beach life would be really easy. It's there in our backyard. Is that in September? Oh, oh. Yeah, the, the beach ranch. It's called beach ranch. Oh, that's a new one. Called. Uh, with the Lumineers that Friday. I think we're going to that. Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates. Yeah. yeah. Well, Warren. I mean, Ohana has Eddie Vedder. I, I and know Jack that. White but this still, year. But, so I'll, but I'll it's also there. down. Yeah. You got to rent a house. But right here, Redondo. It's. I'm thinking it was about... so classy. The one we. Uh, this last one, beach life. I was shocked. It was my first time there. Um, but a lot of kids, they have foosball tables for the kids set up. Like they made it so it's really family friendly for a music venue, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Cause I think it's good to expose uh, your kids to concerts. I, I, I have yet to take my kids to any concerts. Um, Jude, Jude would be fine. Uh, Bowie would be a challenge. I mean, I think he, Bowie? Bowie will be five on seven yeah, eleven. Yeah. But uh, Jude is ready and wants to go to shows. We, you know, a heavy rotation of, of music performances on YouTube at home. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Are you instilling any new traditions that you never had growing up that you want to have with your family now? Or do you have any traditions that are passed on to you? I tell them I love them several times a day. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't have that from a father figure. Um, uh, and so uh, it sounds silly. But yeah, no, I, my not kids are never going to grow up and say, my daddy never said he right. loved me. Exactly. You and, and so, but... Um, you know, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. I make it a point to tell them how much I love them every day, and um, again, always keep in the back of my mind that there's going to come a day. Every August, in my Twitter feed, I don't tweet, but I use it as a news feed. But so, every August, what happens? These these parents are sending their kids away to college, and they're saying goodbye. Oh. And these videos are just. Brutal. Heart-wrenching. Brutal. And I'm looking at this and going, this is my future, and I am not going to be able to handle this. No, When not Jude at all. says I'm going to Ohio yeah, we, State. We could thank Google for that because it shows you all the pictures. This is your one-year anniversary of this picture, whatever. <laughs> right. It's going to be like hard. It's crazy. Is it crazy as it gets and all the shit's going on? Like, you just want some alone time, let's say, let's say end of the night. They're not in bed in time or whatever. There's going to be a day soon for all of us where they're just off. Yes. And then they're just literally not there anymore. Like, I... Like this house with my daughter not here, I can't even fathom it. Mm. And maybe yeah. when it gets to that point, I'm ready for it, but I doubt it. That's not how I'm built. My business partner has an 11 year old, and he he reminds me that you don't have them till they're 18. Mm -mm. Somewhere before that, they no longer want to be with you. Sure. So I always remember that. We don't have them till they're 18. Mm -hmm. Mentally, emotionally, we have them till they're probably 13 or 14, and oh, then they want to be with their buds. Yeah. So, so your daughter's turned you, 11. Yeah, you're, you've got a couple more good years, yeah, and, and, then, three. and then she wants nothing to do with you. Good luck with that. <sighs> um, you know, one well, of the best... Well, now I'm depressed. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> have a can. Have a can. Yeah, there you He's go. always worth really it. Now I'm happy. Um, or that PBR with the cannabis in it. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the best parts of being a dad <laughs> is the gift of life experiences. Kids won't remember gifts, but they will remember life experiences. What kind of experiences do you expose or want to expose your kids to that matter? Again, this is going to sound trivial for most dads, but um, I was never read to. My, my mother was Spanish. Um, she didn't have a great command of the English language when we moved to the States. I didn't grow up with nursery rhymes or any of that shit. Um, so I make it a point to read to my kids. Um, every day they have to read. I read. Um, it's one of the things I love to do, but uh, and I wish my parents read to me. Um, so that's um, so I know I know it sounds like probably normal for most dads, but yeah, reading is a big part, and I want them to to dream and wonder and 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 have this expanding imagination, and that's what reading does. Uh, that's a great point. Um, do you make it so you're like, okay, guys, it's family reading time? Like, or do you say, okay, boys, go get a book? Or, like, how do you? So that could be scary at times to kids. We're like, oh, here comes reading time again. Like, that's hard. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, They're, uh, Jude is already belly aching about it, you know, and he's seven. Um, and he wants to read these baby books. And I go, no, you got to go read, yeah, go get a level two or level three book. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but we got enough football books. You know, he loves football, so we'll read a football book. But, um, yeah, Jude's starting to provide some pushback. Uh, Kelly is um, a rock star mom. She'll handle uh, dinner and bath, and then I take over for reading and bedtime. That's awesome. How do you support 
the mom? How do you support Kelly? And when I mean that, like, we are luxury that all three of our wives actually work too. So we're dual income families, which I think it's very hard not to be. Um, But if you have that, and we do have that, how do you support Kelly? What do you do? Do you give her... Yeah. Um, Alone time? Yeah. I, date night? I, I'm, I, look, she just went to France for Cannes Leon, which is a big advertising conference for for a week. And um, I got her on the guest list for LCD Sound System at the Boom. Amazon party. I think I'm supporting her okay. <laughs> but um, she takes care of lunches in the morning. I take care of breakfast. We, we're a team, right? And yep. I think it works best as a team. Um, I'm very lucky. She's got a great gig with the LA Chargers. And um, so, yeah, we, we're... Uh, she knows that you know uh, most hangovers I take over. Uh, she needs more sleep. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're we're, we're a team. For that's sure. a, that's awesome. Um, and you guys are a great team. We we, we oh, think you guys thanks, are, are a great couple. Ju- ju- just a great family. So it's uh, it's fun getting to know and grow our families together. A- absolutely. At the same time, parenting philosophies. Do you have any? Do you want to instill anything? You know, yeah, I want to instill grit. And and how do you instill grit with a kid that's growing up in Manhattan Beach? Oof. That is a fucking challenge. You got a box. Well, that's why I got my kids playing football. I, you know, I got three herniated discs in my lower spine trying to take on uh, pulling guards. And um, I thought I'd never let my kid play football. But it's it's a way to teach them grit. The great thing about football is you have to learn uh, after getting your ass kicked uh, play after play after play, you have to get up. You have to get up and, and, and get ready for the next play. And, um, and, and at the same time, I understand parents that don't want their kids to play um, a football, but th- the one thing that I have running in my head is uh, these kids are coddled, and they are very fortunate. They've got resources, but how do we instill grit? And um, so that's you know something I'm wrestling with all the time. The grit of life, getting up, when you're kicked down, getting back up again, again, and again, and again. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Man. It's not I what happens to you in life. It's how you respond. That's awesome. And, um, but, but it's a challenge here in Manhattan Beach, right? No, Let's face sure. it. I th- it's going to be interesting for you, I think, as your kids get older and they're cognizant, to understand what you did to ensure that they had a better upbringing that you had. Yeah. Right? They probably don't understand that now, but... yeah. You know, I, I say the flip of it. My, you know, my stepdad was here a couple weeks ago. My father died when I was six, Ooh. and he he came and Sorry. he was here for the pod. I appreciate it. Um, but I lucked out. I got a great stepdad, mm. and my mom was a super strong woman. But I don't know what life would have been like without that father figure there. And then you you have people in your life, and and you know people, maybe the 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 dad or the mom is just mm. like not there. Yeah, and th- the fact that you are. Your, your entire focus, basically, is to ensure that your kids don't go through the things that you did. That's a great point, Chris. It's about breaking the cycle. Yeah. Uh, my mother had a shitty upbringing in Panama. She did not meet her mother till she was in her 30s. Couldn't understand why her mother never sought her out. And then something similar happened to me. So to me, it's like, it's my job to break the cycle. Yeah. And and to your point, I you know, my kids don't understand why I don't know my sperm donor dad but they will someday they will and but like for now you're just like super awesome dad who's there all the time yeah and the it, but, but I, I also had a good coaching in dad my like you said i i had a great stepdad yeah and uh was into sports and my mom would have never let me play football right my stepdad said let him let him play yeah uh so i started pop warner or uh something similar to pop warner in third grade and took took a like it, it saved me because i was an angry bitter kid with a chip right. on a shoulder without a dad and uh, football saved me. It was an outlet, and, um, uh, you know, it, it served me well. Nice. Well, I can't wait to see you coach again uh, in the BCS this fall. It's I'm looking exciting. forward to it. The yeah. BCS is easily I, the best. I hope uh, to do. I hope to accomplish what you did, Tommy. Well, I, I know you will. You're, you're very active, and you love sports. So, um, This is uh, fantastic. Do by you, the way, I took my team in the Super Bowl first season as a head coach, too, by the way. Oh, boy. Just an FYI. That's But I lost. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> but well. I lost. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just even getting there. Yes. It's just so fun. It's just, it was, the journey, really. It, it was this so thing fun. that it's I've never experienced. So you know, one of the, you're, you're, you, I'm sure you experienced this moment, but, uh, you know, the night before Super Bowl, in the huddle with the kids, and I'm, I'm giving a pep talk, and I'm just like almost getting teary eyed. I look at Jude, 
And I say, Jude, when you were just a baby, I would say to Kelly, I cannot wait to play football with him. Yeah. I cannot wait to play catch football. Mm-hmm. Here we are. We're going to play the Super Bowl tomorrow. It was like amazing. It was crazy. It, it is. It it's is. so crazy. fun. I it's- played uh, last night with some of the uh, families leaving today. The boy last night wanted to play Double Dragon 4, which is on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And you're just playing this like old school Nintendo game. They actually they actually made it for PlayStation, but like made it look like it's old. Okay. So it's not, it's not like actually violent because you can't figure out what's happening. It's just I'm playing video games with my seven year old, the way I used to play with my friends, and he just thinks I'm so good at it, and I suck. <laughs> like if I played my brother, I'd get my ass kicked. Right. But my son just thinks I'm a god, and we're just like playing as he should, talking through it, and it's it's uh it's it's amazing. It's so much fun. This has been fantastic, Chris. Do you have anything else? I mean, like I feel like I'm gonna invest my money smarter. So yeah, we're probably going to talk offline about my money. Save more money, invest it, go see more ro- live rock and roll. Go see live rock. It's great for the soul. Great Your soul. Everybody. kids have the second and third best names in Manhattan Beach. Jude and Bowie. Well, after, Vetter's great After my too. son Vetter. You know that song Daughter relates to, I think know, that's resonates f- with me, obviously. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's the first uh, conversation we had. About Vetter, yeah. Yeah, yeah when I... I was like, your dad obviously is Jude, obsessed Bowie with Bowie and Vetter. I mean, I know, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What are you, what what was your favorite rock show of my whole life? Yeah. Obviously Pearl Jam. Which show? Uh, I would say, well, I mean, like for me, the second the first Pearl Jam show I saw was March 23rd, 1994. That was at Vitalogy? No, yeah, it was just after Vitalogy, Vitalogy? which was December 93. Uh, no, Vitalogy was 94. So they played a bunch of songs that were coming out on Vitalogy. But okay. This was the oh, versus tour. Got it. Oh, the versus tour. Versus. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then I would say Eddie that I saw in February was unbelievable at YouTube Center. Yeah. Uh, that was incredible. He had Chad Smith on drums. Crazy. Uh, wow. And then he had, honestly, uh, he had, Amy um, and I went. Tom Petty's keyboardist. Do you want to meet him? Because I don't want to meet you too. I'm just. Uh, it would, they were just. No I way have they enough could live people up. telling me that Eddie's awesome. Yeah, that's true. That I wouldn't mind. I would be I'd such a geek. Hey, like a you want to go girl. fishing? Yeah. Let's go, let's go back to I'd Seattle. be such a fangirl with you two. I wouldn't be able to handle it. Uh, uh, yeah, how about you, Tommy? Best rock show. I like the the U two uh at the Rose Bowl recently. God, that amazing, was a great show. right? I think was that, that was the Josh Retreat tour. They redid the Josh Retreat tour? Um, or was that No, there was uh, Was this like four years ago? No, it was like two thousand and eleven, twelve maybe. Okay. Um, we have some really cool coffee mugs they brought in. Can you tell us about this? Because this is gonna be my new favorite coffee mug here. Yeah, um, I figured uh, I'd bring you some swag, and you would be nice to me. Uh, my partner and I were, we're back. We were very inviting. We were back in uh, Detroit. Um, Love it. We run the Jack White. Um, he's such an amazing guy. So instead of having a portfolio two to three times what he has with me, he has 150 people at his label, and they're producing, manufacturing vinyl, selling vinyl. I mean, he was on the vinyl thing way before... Um, anyone else is. And he, he employs, like I said, 150 employees in Detroit, Nashville. We go. Um, he's got great shops at both uh, venues, at both both spots. Uh, his record uh, label is called Third Man Records. And the color scheme is uh, black and yellow. And they've, they've got tons of cool stuff. They do shows there. And Pearl Jam actually played Third Man Records. So you can actually look up that performance on okay. YouTube. Wow, that's but, awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm so making here's, a note. Thank you. Here's some, here's some swag. <clears throat> this is great. Thank, thank you, Randy. You. Yeah, of course. Well, um, this has been a phenomenal podcast. Uh, you know, I first and foremost, we love seeing you around town. We love seeing yes. your family. Very, very, very family-friendly. You know, you guys are always doing fun things together. You're very active. I, I can't wait to see what your team looks like this year in BCS. I know they're going to be have, having fun. It's um, BCS. BCS. I love the BCS. It's the best. It's the best. I um, love. I love. Uh, no, I'm excited. We need coaches too, Chris. I, yeah. I don't know why you're not. We going are. In. I listen. The boy might want to do it. I mean, BCS needs coaches. We yeah. are, we are so lucky to live in this amazing community yeah. uh, with great families. Um, pinch myself every day. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for taking time to listen to our Daz Night podcast, brought to you by the Believe Network. Please like and share with a friend or two that you think would enjoy this ridiculous banter. Because after all, Daz Night is where ridiculous becomes. Reality. All right, uh, Chris, what's our handles? Uh, you know what? On Instagram, we are at Dad's Night Podcast. And uh, you can drop us an email at Dad's Night Podcast at gmail.com. And thank you to all of our friends of the pod that are constantly sharing, telling a buddy or two to listen to it. 
John Bagley in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Mark Scottstead in Minnesota, Skogie. Our, I'm going to see um, you next week. Our friends in Spain. Skogstead. It's, it's He's going to kill me. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Minnesota can take all the pub they can get. They'll take anything. Uh, uh, Skoggy. It's yeah. Skoggy. He's oh, like Skogstead. You know. Michael and Skogstead. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, another whole... beer, Chris. <laughs> no, dude, it's the whole be time in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, he was yelling at me. I'm like, fuck, I've known this guy for 25 years. Yeah. Skogie. Anyway. Um, uh, anyway, that's the can kicking in right there. Yeah. So thank nice. you, everyone, for listening. I appreciate your time. <laughs> uh, that's it. Have a good fourth, everyone. Hey, Tommy, Chris, thanks so much for having me. And uh, I'm loving the pod. Thank you. Thanks, buddy.